you've joined us this morning. And today we're kicking off our new series on the book of Philippians, and it's called Citizens of Heaven. And so we're kicking off our new series today, and today, instead of a normal sermon where I would open up the scripture, read a passage, and then explain the passage and help you apply it to your life, instead of doing that today, we'll be doing that the next four weeks, today we're actually going to hear the entire book of Philippians um, spoken aloud over us. And we're doing that for a few different reasons. And the biggest reason is that the book of Philippians was originally a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians who lived in Philippi. And it was written about around A.D. 62. And so their culture wasn't a, a written culture. They didn't sit around reading books. They didn't sit around reading letters. They wouldn't have read Paul's letters. Instead, they would have heard them read aloud to them. They had an oral culture. And so the Philippians, when they first received this letter from Paul, they would have been gathered on the Lord's Day, and they would have heard it read aloud to them. And so this morning, we're going to experience the book of Philippians like the Philippians originally experienced. And so we're going to sing a few songs, hear a chapter, sing a few songs, hear a chapter, and conclude with baptism at the end. And our hope is this, that as we take a bird's eye view of the book of Philippians and hear the whole thing read in one sitting, that you'll begin to connect some different themes in the book. You might pick up or hear it in a way that you haven't heard before. And our hope is that as it's a little different, as maybe you're a little uncomfortable, that in that discomfort that there will be a new opening for the Holy Spirit to come inside of you and to speak to you in a new way. And so we're glad you're here, and before we get started um, worshiping, I just wanted to give you a little background on the book of Philippians this morning. And so the book of Philippians, as I said, it was a letter, and originally it was a letter of friendship. It was a letter written between friends, between Paul and the Christians in the church at Philippi, and Paul helped start this church in Acts chapter 16. He helped found the church, he had visited it multiple times throughout his life, and they had this relationship of support for one another. So in this letter, you'll hear Paul's great love for that church come through. You'll hear their friendship. And you'll also hear him as he provides words of wisdom, words of exhortation for the people. And Paul is writing this entire letter from prison. He was in prison in Rome. And if you know the book of Acts, you're a little familiar with the story. Some charges came up against Paul that were made up, and ultimately he appealed them because he was a Roman citizen. And so it kept going up higher and higher in the courts until it finally reached Rome. And so he was imprisoned there for a number of years, and he wrote letters to different churches, and he continued to spread the gospel even while he was in chains. And this is one of the letters that he wrote. And Paul, who was experiencing great persecution, wrote this to the Philippians who were also experiencing their own challenges. And now the Philippians, the people he was writing to, the Christians at Philippi, um, we have a map up here we're going to show in just a second, but they were, um, if you look, it's right there, kind of just to the right of center. And you can see Italy over here to your left, so you kind of get a sense of where they were in relation to the Middle East and to modern day Europe. And this red line on the map is the Via Ignatia. And that was a, a highway of major travel and commerce for the people. And so the Philippians were an urban center. Um, they were a Roman colony, so they would have been Roman citizens. And in this location and in their culture and time, the Christians at Philippi were experiencing some challenges because in that day and time, the Romans oftentimes basically worshipped the emperor Nero. They worshipped him as their lord and as their savior. Those were titles they gave to the emperor. And so at public events, at gatherings, the Philippians who, who weren't Christians would, would proclaim Nero as Lord and Savior. And the Christians felt attention. They felt, we can't do that because we know Jesus is our true Lord and Savior. And so they began to be ostracized. They began to be rejected from different social circles. And they were, they were facing some challenges. And so Paul is writing in this letter to encourage them in the midst of their faith. But they weren't only facing challenges outside of themselves. They were also facing challenges 
inside of themselves. Every community has its own challenges. And there were some challenges because there were some people who were prideful, some people who were selfish, who were doing things out of ambition. And so Paul gives them some words as well. And this series is called Citizens of Heaven because throughout the letter, Paul says, look, you're Roman citizens, but that's not your primary role you should see yourself as. Instead of primarily seeing yourself as citizens of Rome, instead you should see yourselves as citizens of heaven, living here in this world as a little colony of heaven in the midst of all these other people. And so as you read this letter and you hear it today, you'll hear some of these themes. You'll hear about the cross, the cross of Christ and how he was encouraging them to live like Jesus Christ, to humble themselves. You'll hear this themes of friendship and partnership in the gospel. You'll hear themes of, of humility, themes, as Paul says, rejoice in the midst of challenges. And Paul is writing as someone who's credible because he's living in the midst of challenges. And our hope is, is that as you experience this letter in a new way, that the Holy Spirit will inspire you, will encourage you, and will challenge you. And so before we begin, I want to say a word of prayer and also highlight one thing in your bulletin. Um, first, this isn't in there, but the middle school students are going to stay in here today because Coop is still recovering from surgery. But second, this letter is between Paul and the Philippians, and they had a deep friendship centered on Jesus Christ. And if you've been coming here a while and you've been visiting and you're looking for friendship inside of this church, inside your bulletin today, you'll see many different opportunities for you to get connected here with other people and to develop friendships. And so I hope you'll take a look at that and respond this week and beyond. And this morning, as we do things a little different, let's invite the Holy Spirit to come and to speak to us in a different way. Almighty God, we're open to you this morning. God, we pray that as we hear your word in a different way, that you would speak to us. God, that you would renew our minds, that you would touch our hearts, that you would challenge us. God, that you would inspire us to go out from this place and to be your church, to be your hands and feet to people who are in need. God, the Philippians were facing a lot of challenges and we're, we're facing a lot of challenges here in this community, in our culture and beyond. And so God, we pray that you would use these words today, use this time of worship to speak to us so that we would leave as transformed people. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us? I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that guy away? It was my tomb Till I made I was breathing but not alive All my failures I tried to hide He was my tomb Till I made you called my name
The chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was a northern. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. And when you was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, Lord, I ran out of that grave. You called up darkness into your glorious day. Yeah. You called my name. And I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into
I pray to you that you give us strength and you keep us safe through the weekend and into the week to come. Your love is fierce, Lord. Almighty God. And this morning we also remember our anniversary of September 11th tomorrow of those fallen that sacrificed and didn't even know it was coming, but they knew their Lord was there. And our God is a true God. And he's a powerful God. And he loves us. And he overcomes it all. Amen. You may be seated. servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless from the day, may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dared all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preached Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains? But what does it matter? The important thing is, is that in every situation, whether from false motives or true, that Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that for now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that my, by my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This will be a sign to them that they will be destroyed and that you will be saved, 
and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to also suffer for him. Since you are now going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear still that I have.
again through him, through Jesus Christ. And that's a new song for us here at Harvest Point. So let's sing that chorus one more time so we can feel it deep in our souls and let the Holy Spirit embody us. And we sing to the heavens as citizens of heaven. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new now. Life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have made
from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others above yourselves. Each of you should look not to his own interests, but to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he became a servant. He made himself nothing by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to achieve his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Then you will be shine among them like stars in the heavens so that you may become blameless and pure hold firmly to the word of life and then i will be able to boast on the day of christ that i did not run or labor in vain but even if i am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith i am glad and rejoice with all of you so you too should be glad and rejoice with me I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show such genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, for as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him to you as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will return to you soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to help take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But the Lord had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him back to you, so that when you see him again, you will be glad, and I will have less anxiety. So welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, for he almost died for the sake of Christ. He risked his life 
to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Further, brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write these same things to you again, for they are a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for we are the circumcision. We serve God in the Holy Spirit. We boast in Christ and put no confidence in the flesh, even though I myself have reasons for such confidence. And if someone else thinks that they have a reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based in the law, faultless. But whatever was gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider those things garbage, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having a righteousness based in the law, but from that which is through Christ, a righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, the power of the resurrection, the participation of the suffering, and to achieve, to be like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection of the dead. But I do not consider myself as having achieved this goal. In fact, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself having yet taken hold of that, but here's what I do. Forgetting what is behind and pressing forward for what is ahead. I press on toward to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view as these things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together with me in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have told you before, and I will tell you again, even with tears, there are many who live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomachs. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are only on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior who will come from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies to be more like his glorious body. Lord, transform us. This morning as we get ready to accept an offering, let our ushers come forward and prepare us for his coming. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you with open arms seeking your safety, your safe embrace, and your loving embrace to surround us whole as we make everything new and allow us to be transformed in your light, Lord. Thank you, Almighty God. It's through these offerings that we give to you through your church to build your kingdom to make things new, to make things rise. So through these offerings we give to you and all glory goes to you, God. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.
Brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in this way, dear friends. I played with Theodia and I played with Santeji to be of the same mind in the Lord. And to you, my dear uh, companion, help these women since they contended at my side in the cause of the God, along with Clement and my co-workers whose names are written in the Book of Life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. But do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is admirable, if anything, is excellent and praiseworthy. Think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the peace of God will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no uh, opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content. In any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether loving in plenty or want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, 
when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid, and more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more may be credited to your account. I receive full payment and more than enough. I'm amply supplied. Not that I have received from, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent, they are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Read all of God's peoples in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All of God's people here send you greetings, including those in the household belonging to Caesar. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen.
kids, good to have y'all in here. Parents, you can come over here and pick them up at the end. And we are excited to conclude our service today with a baptism and with a confirmation of one of our children. And so for those of you who, who might be new to the church, who might not have experienced baptism before or been baptized, I want to let you know that baptism is a sacrament in the church. There are two sacraments, the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, and baptism. And through baptism, um, we experience God's grace in a new way. The water is an outward and visible sign of the inward spiritual work that God is doing in us to cleanse us, to forgive us, to give us new life. And so at our baptisms, God makes promises to us. He promises us that we are his beloved children, that we can have forgiveness, that we can live with him forever. It's God saying yes to us. Yes, I love you. Yes, I want a relationship with you. And when you're an infant and you're baptized, like some of y'all were, many of you know you were, your parents are saying yes to God on your behalf. Yes, I'll raise them in the faith until one day they can profess faith in Christ on their own. And so that's what we're going to be celebrating with Carson is he says yes to Jesus, even though he was baptized as an infant. And Victor, who's going to come out in just a second, he's saying yes to God today. Yes, I want to follow your son, Jesus Christ. I trust in you for salvation. I want to experience this new life. And so Victor, come on out. Victor is like me. He's in his casual clothes over here. And um, before he gets in, we don't want to spend too much time in the water, but I want to summarize a little of Victor's story. Um, and this is Victor Lee. Everybody wave to Victor. <laughs> and Victor grew up in Chinatown in San Francisco. And growing up, he had some experiences with schooling, with the Catholic Church, um, with the Presbyterian Church and the youth group there. Um, but as he grew up, um, he drifted away like a lot of people from church. Um, but for Victor, his curiosity for God never drifted. And so things kind of aligned a little while back when Nikki Martinez invited Victor to church because they were co-workers. And so Nikki stepped out in faith, right? When you invite somebody to church, you don't know if they're going to come. You don't know if they're going to look at you like you're crazy and some citizen of a foreign country like heaven. Um, but Victor said yes. I'd like to go. And so he began coming to the church. He began getting involved. 
He is part of our tech team every Sunday morning serving up in the booth. And during his time here, when we talked, he said he's been on a journey, a journey of understanding Jesus more and more. And I, I love this, that he said, you know, one of the questions he had for himself about being baptized is, am I qualified? But he began to realize that none of us are qualified. It's only by the grace of Jesus Christ um, that we can be baptized, that we can have salvation. And he said that, I love this line the best, that this feels like a homecoming. Does it still feel like a homecoming? So we're going to get in the water here, and I'm going to ask Victor some questions, and then he'll be baptized. So let's jump in. Not literally. This is my first baptism here. I can jump in or, you know, I don't know. So, Victor, on behalf of the whole church, I want to ask you a few questions. And the first is, do you reject evil and repent of your sin? I do. I want to invite family and friends, anybody who wants to come up and join them, um, come on up and gather over here. And Victor, I now want to ask you another question. Now that you've repented of your sin, you've rejected evil, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, trust in His grace alone for salvation, and desire to serve Him through His church? If you do, say, I do. I do. Well, Victor, then I have the privilege of baptizing you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Welcome home. Welcome home. If you would, extend a hand this way. Extend a hand as we pray over Victor. Victor, may the Holy Spirit work within you. That being born through water and the Spirit, you might live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ all the days of your life. We pray that your, your curiosity and your openness to God would continue and that you would continue on the journey becoming more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ. And we as a church are so thankful, God, to have Him as part of the Harvest Point family and to welcome him home this morning. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now I want to invite um, Carson Smith and his family to come forward. So Carson, um, as we mentioned earlier, he was baptized as an infant at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church. And there, his, his parents, I don't know if y'all know his parents, they were singing today, Oscar and Becca. Um, they made promises on his behalf to help raise him in the family of God until one day he would trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And um, he came and met with me in my office and we talked about everything he's been experiencing and learning as he's been a part of this church, Harvest Point, and part of the Starting Point Kids Ministry, as he's been learning um, from his grandparents who are all part of this church, and from all of you as you've modeled the faith for him. And he's been learning a lot this summer at Vacation Bible School. How many Vacation Bible Schools did you go to this year? Four, Four Vacation Bible Schools this year. Uh, <laughs> so he has been learning a lot, but not only learning it, but experiencing it in his heart. And so, Carson, I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. The first one is, do you reject evil and repent of your sin? If you do, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, trust in His grace alone for salvation, and desire to be part of the church? If you do, say, I do. And now one final one for you, because today um, we're not going to rebaptize you, because at your baptism, God said yes to you. And, and we remember that, but we are going to put some water on you as we celebrate you becoming a part of this church and so I want to ask you, will you be faithful to this church and serve it with your prayers, by showing up, 
by serving other people and by sharing your faith with your friends. Will you be, doing, will you be willing to do that? All right. Carson, I confirm you in the faith. And would you all lift a hand towards him? And we ask that the Holy Spirit would work within you. That, that receiving the Holy Spirit into your life, that trusting in Christ for salvation, that you would experience new life. And that as you become more and more a part of this church than you already are, that God would work in your heart in a powerful way. And that you would be a life changer in this world. God, we pray that through his life and through his witness, that lives would be changed, God. Children in his school. Students as he grows up and is on sports teams and other avenues. God, as he chooses a profession, we pray that your light would shine like a star through him. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you welcome him home as well? Well, before we were sent out this morning, I hope that um, Victor and Carson, y'all will stay up here with your families. We'd love for you to come and receive them. Um, just shake their hands. Give them a hug. Welcome them to this family because we are so excited to have you making these decisions today. These are eternal decisions. And if you've never been baptized, if you've never trusted in Christ for salvation, um, if you're not sure about your future and your relationship with God, I would love to talk with you more about that um, and to help guide you on that journey. So come and welcome them after the service. And then finally, as we close today, we want to pray um, for everything going on around us. As you know, we're, we're kind of in that wait and see phase. We're not exactly sure what's going to happen with the hurricane, um, but one of our meteorologists here in the church said, when you go home today, take stuff in from your house, anything that's not attached, bring it inside. Make sure you're prepared, not to scare you, but just so that you're cared for in the days ahead. And if you're not already a fan of our Facebook page, go home and like it because as things develop through email and through Facebook, that's the best way for us to communicate with you um, and for you to communicate any needs you have with us so that we can support one another and other people in need in the days ahead. As you've seen, there are box fans out front. There's a lot of different stuff we can collect. As our little arm of the body of Christ, we want to collect these to go to Harvey, to go to Irma, to people as they dry out their flooded homes. So continue to bring those in. Continue to pray for one another. Um, we're going to be supporting one another through this time. And so as we close, would you stand as we pray together um, for everyone um, in harm's way? And would you grab a hand next to you? Heavenly Father, we recognize today through this baptism, through this confirmation that you never leave us. You never forsake us, that you're working in our lives, even from our first days, even when we're in our mother's womb, God, you're working in us. You're for us and you're with us. And God, we remember today all of those who are in the path of the hurricane. God, those who are in a large level of discomfort today. God, those who are experiencing unknown and even our, our sense of unknown as well. But God, we pray that your presence would be made known to us in a powerful way. God, we pray that you would help us be the hands and feet of Christ to people in need. God, that you would protect people, that you would provide for people, and you would help your church be a part of that work. And God, as we go out from this place, let us go out as citizens of whatever countries we're citizens of, but God, more importantly, as citizens of heaven, people whose primary citizenship and identity is rooted in you. We thank you for this day of worship. We thank you for one another and for the Harvest Point family. We thank you for new life. And we celebrate with great joy today. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.